of Building Energy Exchange Kansas City's Ashley Sadowski on this week's Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in Northern Columbia. Joining us from his undisclosed location in Columbia is our producer, running the boards, Philip Frasica. Hey, Philip. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Uh, thanks for uh, being on here. We uh, skipped last week, but we do have a really great guest. I'm glad we have her on. We actually had to schedule this several months out because <laughs> we want to make sure that we got this like really timed well. Uh, we have Ashley Sadowski from Building Energy Exchange, Kansas City. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hey, hi, James. How are you? Great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about Building Energy Exchange, Kansas City. Um, tell me a little bit about what this group is and what you do. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, Building Energy Exchange, Kansas City, or BXKC for short. BXKC, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that's, that's easier. We come, we come out of... Um, Branding coming up from New York. So uh, mm. the Building Energy Exchange in New York has been around for about 10 years. Uh, they also refer to themselves as the BX. And so we, we have, we're working with them on resources and tech, both technical financial resources for building owners. Um, mm. But where this kind of all got started locally was through the Regional Climate Action Plan that came out of the, uh, the collaboration between Climate Action KC and the Mid-America Regional Council. Mm. And um, that plan identified it, it did a greenhouse gas inventory and it identified that 63% of our greenhouse gases come from buildings alone. So those are a mix of uh, commercial, residential, and a little bit of industrial buildings. So that really set the tone for engaging with the real estate community. And that is where we were born. Um, so we, we're developing technical and financial resources, uh, improve energy efficiency for our new and existing buildings. And we work across the region, but are focused on commercial and multifamily buildings. So I want to back up a little bit. You mentioned two groups that worked on this plan, Climate sure. Action Kansas City, Climate Action Plan Kansas City. What? Okay, mid, okay, so this is a regional effort. So when Correct. you're talking about the region, I mean, you are in Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City proper. Correct. What is the region that we're talking about that got together for this? Yeah, so it's 10 counties. Nine of those counties are the counties that fall under the Mid-America Regional Council's uh, boundaries as, as a regional body. They're a, a metropolitan planning organization, for those of you that are not familiar with Mark. Um, the 10th county was actually Douglas County, uh, which, as you can imagine, with Lawrence and other things going on out there, there was a real interest to bring Douglas County to the table as well. Um, and we all know our metro is growing all the time, and we're getting closer yeah. and closer to Douglas County anyway. So that that's that's the boundary. So we that's a that's a huge area. That's you know urban areas, suburban areas, rural areas, huh. and we think there's a applica applicability for all of this in, in those different uh, contexts. So are you talking about the Kansas City metropolitan area? Is that like what we're like when we when we think of like the counties in and around Kansas City on both the Missouri side and the Kansas side, that's what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All, all the Kansas uh, counties and Missouri counties that would be considered part of the metro. 
Um, so yeah. this mid-region, what was it again? Sorry. It's uh, the, yeah, Mid-America Regional Council. Mid-American Regional Council. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do they do? What's their goal? What do they work just on energy issues? They work on other things. Like how what 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 does that group do? Yeah, so they um, no, they are they are a, a really valuable tool for a lot of things. Um, energy being one piece of it, but they do mm-hmm. all kinds of work around transportation, um, around uh, early childhood, around emergency mm-hmm. services, any any aspect that you can think of as it relates to government um, administration. Um, they help all of those municipalities in those nine counties um, with resources to, to do their job and, and to do it and succeed based on some of the successes that are that are found across the metro. So they really build the capacity of all of those smaller municipalities and larger ones as well right. um, to really understand how to tackle, you know, they were they were incredibly pivotal and crucial in the, the COVID relief. Um, mm. process of bringing federal funds through MARC and distributed out to um, the municipalities that needed it. So they, they serve a really broad umbrella to, to affect all kind of urban planning issues. Um, but we were really fortunate to work with them on the climate uh, piece, work with their transportation and environment department on the, on the climate piece, um, and also how we can uh, bring about a, an organization like ours as a nonprofit, they have been um, pivotal in helping us start up our, our organization. So, and my recollection, because I know Philip worked on this when he was back in the day when he was our Kansas City guy, uh, there's like a bunch of elected officials on that council. Is there not? That's like correct. Reps, yeah. Yeah. State senators, municipal leaders. Yep. Right. And so that that is the power of Mark, which is that, you know, as that plan was created, um, it was created in conjunction with 150 elected officials, about a thousand volunteers. This was all through COVID. So a lot of kind of oh, digital yeah. engagement. Um, and yeah. then it was approved last March um, in 2021 by the Mark Board of Directors. And like you said, the Mark Board of Directors is all these elected officials that come out of every nook and cranny of our region. And so um, when they approve it, overwhelmingly approve it, that that really is a good and hopeful signal that that is going to trickle down to their respective municipalities. And at this point, we have over 50% of the municipalities that have endorsed that plan um, in some wow. form or fashion. So- um, And so is there like, yeah, so is, like that's a lot of cats to herd. Is that they have like yeah. a staff? They have like people that run that organization for administrative purposes. That's right. Yeah. So th- I want to say they have about a hundred people in in Mark. Um, I don't want to miss. Holy that, smokes! I, I think it's a lot. It's a lot. So they cover all those different facets of like how to run uh, how to run government. Um, and uh, they know, figured it out. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. So I, you know, they are they are an institution of Kansas City and into. To be able to kind of tie myself to that as a new startup has been remarkably yeah. uh, powerful. Because so. I am getting to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm trying to get because you're, you're talking about a lot of entities. And I think some yeah. people don't realize like how much work goes into like where we get to just to get like more work done. So That's like right. That's part right. of what I try to do with this podcast is explain how like impossible it is and what a miracle it is that we get anything accomplished at all with all of these different people we're working with. So Mark, Mid-American Regional Council was working, you mentioned they were working with 
Who else? Uh, who, who Climate else Action KC. Climate Action yeah. KC. Now, yeah. who are those people? So, Climate... <laughs> And I'll just say, James, part of the reason I took this job a year ago is because all these people were already at the table. It made it so much easier <laughs> than trying to right. trying to cultivate that from the beginning. But yeah. um, Climate Action KC, which Climate Action, we are an initiative of Climate Action KC. We live under yeah. their 501c3. So um, Climate Action KC was created to bring all of these elected leaders together and really build momentum around climate mitigation. There was a recognition that there's only so much we can do at the federal and state level um, as it relates to decarbonization and that we really need to tackle it, not just as cities, but as regions. Mm -hmm. And so we actually became a model in, in some ways. Uh, we worked with um, the International and Urban and Regional Cooperative and the Global Covenant of Mayors um, to establish this regional plan. And it was it was sort of unique for, for a region to look across state lines and create a regional um, using a regional body like Mark to establish that plan. So um, Climate Action KC was really the cheerleaders of that and the conveners of that. Um, and then what came out of that is, okay, well, let's look at, you know, where the problem areas are. And with 63% of the greenhouse gas buildings, it made sense that the first sort of action, climate action was to look at buildings. And so that's where we, we got established mm -hmm. from there. Um, so climate Action KC. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to touch on there's, you know, a, a few other partners that are in this space as well. I mentioned the Building Energy Exchange in New York. There's also yeah. the Institute of Market Transformation in D.C. These are folks who have been working on this stuff for a long time, um, both here in Kansas City and, and in their respective cities. Um, we're also working with Elevate, uh, which also does a lot of work in energy efficiency and affordable housing mm -hmm. space and yeah. uh, public building space. So there's a lot of um, a lot of folks that have been at the stable for some time, way, uh, much longer than I have, and really um, have been at our table and helping us mentor us and, and get us off the ground very quickly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this, so Climate Action Casey, Mark, come together. They say, you know, during all of this, we need to have a group that works on uh, making sure buildings are energy efficient making sure yeah. that they are cost effective. Um, now that's where you building your sheet BXKC <laughs> comes in. Now uh, that you say it, I feel like it's really radio friendly. BXKC. Oh yeah. Oh, I can, yeah, I can do my, I can do my radio voice for this. Yeah. yeah. BXKC. The home of like, no, that would be. Yes. Here. yes. Yeah. Western Missouri's home. Eagle. <laughs> You know, or whatever animal does classic rock. <laughs> yeah, I have a radio voice. There you go. There you go. We're going to yeah. we're going to hire you for that, James. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a podcast, I'm your guy. OK, yes. so did you so like but you have this. OK, so are you a part of the same entity that did set this up in New York? Are you just basing it off of what New York does? Because you're obviously using the same name so yeah, you're doing yeah. branding so is it yeah. the same like is it is it like kind of a different tentacle of the same beast yeah yeah i think this is something you know uh we are definitely uh the guinea pig in this effort yeah. as it relates to bx starting a new entity it's it's us and bx st louis so there's actually a, another bx in st louis uh being established yeah. at the same time um, by my colleague, Kara Spencer, who's the and Don't spoil it. She's going to be on in a couple of weeks. So. Okay. Okay. Kara is wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. I, yeah. 
Um, I, I've known Kara since uh, we were like in our consumer protection days. Awesome. Awesome. And she was yeah, she's, consumer counsel and I was public counsel. Yeah. She's, you know, really knowledgeable about a lot of things and yeah. really has been a, a good counterpoint to, to what I'm doing over yeah. here. Um, but you know, the, the relationship between um, kind of us and the, these sort of national entities is that they see value. A lot of folks see value in what they've created and to the extent that they can take what they've learned and share it with other regions um, could be really powerful. So that's mm -hmm. kind of this, the kernel of, of where this started. And the idea really is that we are independent of them. So we, you know, we aren't acting, like I said, we are under the 501c3 of Climate Action KC. So we are locally based, um, mm -hmm. but we, we are co-branded and we can offer a lot of kind of uh, resources that translate between the BX up in New York and to St. Louis and Kansas City. So it is yeah. an interesting model. I mean, it's something where, you know, there's contracts that have to be negotiated when you have that kind of relationship in terms yes. of sharing branding, but also operating in independent so that you can really speak to the, the context here. Um, so yeah, there's some complications, but the, the goal really is that you create a model that is relative to your locality and what it needs while at the same time building off of this like you know history and knowledge base of these national partners yeah. so hopefully yeah. it's the best of both worlds and and as we as they continue to think about um these building partnerships across the country they'll continue to streamline that that okay. methodology so there's some there's some conversations in chicago as well establishing um, a hub they're called oh. innovation hubs um yeah. in, in chicago as well so all right so this would be bxkc the guinea pig that's what we'll call this <laughs> yes okay. yes right. you notice that the right. classic rock stations all have like our name after like a wolf or an eagle or anything that's all like very intentional we need a mascot you need right. a mascot yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> so okay so like that. in a very general <laughs> I always derail these and they're my podcast. I'm supposed to be keeping them going. And I always like <laughs> ruin this. Um, so what you do, you're in BXKC in Kansas city. What is it that you are doing that let's say is separate than what climate action KC or Mark would be doing? Cause they're these yeah. big groups. Right. It sounds like they're doing a lot of important work. What is it that they have charged that group to do BXKC. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at building decarbonization, and when I started this role last June, I mean, that's a huge undertaking. And, and <laughs> the, the number yeah. of market sectors that you have to affect, the number of barriers you have to overcome. So really what, what I did the first few months is just meet with as many people as I possibly could across that ecosystem of building yeah. owners architects, other nonprofits that we, that we mm. work with or would like to work with yeah. um, and really tried to find out, you know, where are the gaps? Like where, where are nonprofits already doing great work? We wanted to make sure to start there as yeah. we're not going to duplicate efforts. We have no time for that. Right. Right. We need to move quickly in this, in this process. So where are the people who are doing great work and how do we support them better um, with, you know, building their capacity um, and then where are building owners still struggling? Like, where do they see the, you know, the need mm -hmm. for energy efficiency, but not seeing the, the way to, to get to a solution that's going to work. For right. them. So we had a number of conversations, a couple things came out of that. 
Um, one was that we need more workforce to be trained in high performance mm. buildings. Um, right. And that and that's a lot of different skill trades. Um, I'm an architect by trade. So I've, I've been in those conversations. I've been on job sites, you know, trying to get, you know, the details right on a building envelope. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot there that could be improved. And, and, and it's not necessarily, you know, putting a tool in somebody's hand who hasn't been on a job site before. We're talking about existing businesses that need to just build their capacity to do this work and greening their jobs. Like they're already on site. They're already doing carpentry. They're already doing HVAC. They're already doing um, windows and uh, all of these pieces, but how do you get them to raise the bar? How do you, how do you get more of a, of a high performance and smart building um, integrated to their, into their work? So are you, are you training yeah. them or are you like pointing them in a direction? I mean, what would be yeah. your role with, yeah. with that part of what you do? Sure. So uh, we just launched what's called the Rising Trades Contractor Accelerator. So we mm. are working with three other partners, um, Seed Collective, which is a local uh, organization that focuses on contractor and business entrepreneurship, um, Elevate, as I mentioned, yep. out of Chicago, um, and uh, Business Services Collective, which is also out of the Chicago area. So these are folks that in conjunction with us are really well-trained to build the capacity of businesses. So step one is just, you know, if anyone of your listeners has been an entrepreneur, it's not just about the skills training, it's about building the capacity. So right. we provide them with back office supports, um, you know, accounting, better estimating, uh, business service hmm. advisory, all of all of those pieces that allow them to minimize their risk on the back end so that they can they can go after these emerging markets. So that's step one. And then step two is to give them education around what's happening out in the industry, get them better um, familiar with the utility rebate process, mm. because that's a huge business development opportunity yep. for them to be able yep. to tie that in with their work. Um, and then connect them to a network of other contractors, the, the big contractors in town that we all know, um, as well mm. as some of the other folks in that ecosystem, the architects, other people that could be in that chain of, of hiring them, building owners, et cetera. So that, that program just launched this month where we're um, continually looking for contractors. So if, if folks are interested in the program, but they don't make uh, this first cohort, we'll have another cohort next, next season. Um, it's eight months. So I, I'll just do a little plug, www.risingtrades.org if, if any contractors would like to be a part of it, or you are interested and want to be a mentor, support it, um, or you want to be one of those accountants or folks who want to help them on the back end, um, we're always looking for it. Yeah. Don't do a little plug. The whole reason you're on here is to plug. Okay. <laughs> I right, will do so. all the shameless plugs I can. Yeah. Okay, got we'll it. We'll probably put this on the email that's going out. And I think Great. half the time I say that on a podcast and I write the email and I forget like what I told people we we're going to email them. So hopefully I don't do that here. So that, so, so that's your training that just yeah. launched. Yeah. Is that yeah. going well so far? Going well so far. We're very, uh, we're very early into the process of launching. We've actually spent the last six months uh, building the capacity of our organizations and building the the program itself. Uh, yeah. So now it's time to really test it out. Um, but we're really, especially for the first launch, you know, there's a lot of good intentions that everyone has when they launch a new program. And, but we recognize that, you know, we really need to meet the contractors where they are who approach mm -hmm. us and make the program tailored to those first 
folks who are are guinea pigs to a certain extent who have come in and you know are interested in being a part of this that we give them exceptional service and that as 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 they trust us in this first round so a lot of um, little other guinea pigs out there in addition to the big guinea pig that you all are okay right right (laughs) right. yeah and then the second piece is that we're you know looking at access to capital so in addition to workforce that was my next question (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah financing is a big thing i wish it was just one thing but yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's certainly something i mean because like for us i mean like and i and I was, and I was going to kind of veer into this a little bit. Your background is in architecture. Your, your background is in buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of where your, your background and your knowledge is helpful. Like for me, you know, and that's the thing about Renew Missouri is like, we kind of work with energy efficiency from the utility side of it. We don't do as much building code work because we are more focused on what we can do with regulated utilities, mm-hmm. but where we are getting into space, because one of the because we are working on this with utility companies is how do you get capital into making these improvements? Cause it's not, it's not, ex- I mean, it's not always expensive, but it's not cheap for anybody yeah. to do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and some of it is all about timing, right? It's like, you know, it, it's about what are the upfront costs that come and then how do those upfront costs get passed over, over the course of somebody's, uh, the life of the building or, or the yeah. life of that they're planning on holding it. Um, because I think it's, it's, it's never about what happens um, at that initial stage, because you're already, you're already, let's say you're doing a new major renovation or a new construction, you're already financing a significant amount of money, right? So you're yeah. already, you're already emptying your pockets to, to support some, some project. So right. the question really becomes, not what is the upfront cost because you have a ton of upfront costs. This is just one <laughs> other piece of it, right? right. It's does right. that upfront cost get paid out in, in a way that over the course of, you know, let's say uh, the next five years, you have uh, your operational costs go down significantly. You can cut, you can, you can uh, take that operational cost that you saved and put that back into how you are financing those upfront costs for those new yeah. systems, things like that. Um, so there's some, you know, and I won't consider myself a, a financial expert. I do have a background in real estate development, but you know, I'm oh. I'm still learning. We're we're all still learning because energy efficiency financing is kind of new for our region. Um, yeah. yeah. But we actually one of the things that we did just to build all of our capacity to understand this was we brought in um, about a dozen experts. Six were local. Six were national. Um, that have this background in energy efficiency finance. Mm. So they were able, last month we, hold, we held what was called a technical assistance panel. And for two and a half days, we said, if we were to create an energy efficiency investment fund, um, and we were to specifically target multifamily housing, and I'll talk mm. to you in a minute why we decided to narrow them right. down to that. Right. What would that look like? And we asked them to give us a roadmap. And one of the things they said was, focus one jurisdiction at a time. So we initially said, can we do it? Let's say Kansas City, Missouri. Could we also do it in Overland Park? Could we try to see if we could cross state lines with this? And they said, start one jurisdiction at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself. Um, And really just think about like, what is the bar that you're going to set and how can you offer lending products at different phases of a project? So these could be things that happen in pre-construction, you could give some, some good pre-development do- dollars, soft costs um, on that front end. You could also think about what you what you can give once the building is completed and how you can 
take a building owner who maybe isn't planning on doing a lot of capital improvements and right. allowing him to re him or her to refinance um, yeah. and, and get some of those improvements made. So um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. A lot of different ways to do it and really leveraging the federal opportunities right now. I think that's why this is so important. Um, you know, if we can get some of these like infrastructure bill financing that capital that's that's paired with energy efficiency to be part of this conversation, mm -hmm. we can really change the the nature of uh, what we're trying to do here and how competitive those lending products can yeah. be. So really glad you mentioned all of that, because this is something that we are work, we're, we're trying to work on because. Yeah, I mean, that access to capital, that access to funding is, is challenging. And I know for, for a while, you and I and, and our Kansas City office has been working on this, this idea of this energy efficiency investment bank. Yeah. Some people, I know, you know, depending on where you're, you're talking to, some people have green banks, some people have infrastructure banks. Uh, we have spent a good chunk of the past couple of years trying to research what other states, cities, counties are doing on this. And so like, you know, while this is, you're, this is kind of, you're formulating this right now, it's not in place right now. Mm -hmm. What is, so what's the, so what is, so what's the idea about what an energy efficiency investment fund will do? I mean, I, you talked about mm -hmm. that a little bit, yeah. like the mechanics of that, what is that, what, what would that do for Kansas City? Sure, sure. So, if I'm going to like, just go down the roadmap that they gave us, if yeah. we were to recommend, follow the recommendations that they gave us. So um, one was to focus specifically on one jurisdiction. So we chose Kansas City, Missouri as being the first jurisdiction. Um, there's a number of reasons for that. One is that there's just some good policy um, on the, on the Missouri side and in terms of utility rebates, mm -hmm. as well as for at the city level, there's some, some policy drivers right. in terms of improving energy efficiency, um, as well as pace. So there's, there's mm -hmm. a number of right. like tools in the toolbox in that jurisdiction. And that's probably a good way to start. Um, property assessed clean energy district pace. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yes. So popular among ProPublica readers and John Oliver viewers these days. <laughs> Correct. So maybe to clarify, pace meaning commercial pace. So yeah, like I said earlier, we're talking about multifamily. So that's commercial, yeah, commercial pace, yeah. which is different. Right. Um, so yeah. So like the the recommendations start with Kansas City, Missouri. They said, you know, really if we're going to be realistic about catalytic change, like getting a revolving loan fund that lasts for decades that allows us to continually have new funding, new, new capital that allows that to be deployed into, you know, whatever that is, low interest loans or whatever, even grant opportunities. If we start talking about philanthropy, because um, mm -hmm. philanthropy is very interested in this for all of the community impact reasons around yeah. energy efficiency. So if you create this vehicle and that's, that's essentially our goal to create a vehicle for that capital, um, whether it's federal, whether it's local, whether it's philanthropic or even private lending, um, because if you create a reserve pool, for example, private lenders may be able to use that, utilize that. So if you can create that vehicle um, and if you can grow it enough to be self-sustaining and they recommended self-sustaining is probably around 40 to 50 million um, for it to get to that level. Um, you Sounds can... easy to get. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's money's tight <laughs> everywhere, right? But it's yeah. like the degree that this becomes something that goes 
well beyond ARPA, goes well beyond the life of, of these, this, you know, we, we never know how long we're going to be in this phase, right, where the federal government is providing this level of capital. Right. Let's try to get leverage that as much as possible and let it pay out, you know, over the next decade instead of it being a short spurt. Uh, that, you know, diminishes over time. So that's the goal. It's like, get something that's substantial enough. But there was also a recognition you have to start somewhere, right? So maybe start around 10 million. Think about how can you take $10 million and create a couple pilot projects that really get people to understand the value of energy efficiency, get people to understand the value of it as it relates to, you know, health equity and indoor air quality and utility burdens and all of those pieces. Um, and, and allow that to speak for itself so that it continues to, to grow the pot. So two things we're doing, trying to grow that pot of money. So we're working with this, with the city of Kansas city, Missouri on getting federal opportunities, federal funding. Um, the second is figuring out who all the players are in this, like who, who's going to administer it. They recommended a 501 C three or potentially a pace administrator be in that space. Um, they also recommended having some kind of third-party fund management. So there's a lot of details to be worked out in terms of who decides to take that role. And those details are still kind of being ironed out. And, you know, this is this is something that's yeah. being discussed publicly. This is not like some big announcement here, but we yeah. are not at a point where we're saying like, oh, this is going to be, this capital is available. We have a process. We're going to start marketing. We're not at that we're point. not at that point. We're not at that right. point. But I hope I'm hopeful that if we could get around that 10 million and we can get a couple projects, that that can be a competitive um, opportunity for for folks to be involved in that, and then yeah. uh, hopefully grow it from there. It it is it is slow moving. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about that. But um, but it really is the thing that could could be catalytic over the next decade. Yeah. So. I am absolutely convinced the only way that any of this clean energy and, and clean uh, access is going to work is through money. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, a lot of people find it distasteful to talk about money, but honestly, there's no other way to get it done, especially when you're talking about multi, like with multifamily. Yes. I think yeah. Yeah. you were, you mentioned something you were going to mention why you're focused on that. Is it just because, mm-hmm. because I know that we have, you know, we've had advocacy that is focused specifically on multifamily low-income housing in the past in front of the public service commission. Um, is there, is there, what is your reason for focusing yeah. on that? Yeah. couple things. Um, I'll just say first that I'm not going to claim that other sectors of the market don't need help, but I will right. say that there are other sectors of the market that are a little bit uh, more in position to do this work. Um, for example, <laughs> anyone who's kind of in that office space and they have, corporate tenants, for example, those, those corporate tenants are going to demand a certain level of environmental sustainability in their buildings. So you already have a market, a natural market demand for that. And that's coming out of their need to meet ESG goals. And so for folks that don't know what ESG is, environmental, uh, social governance, these are the kind of new standard for any major uh, company uh, to be held to in terms of their investor health. Um, and one of those is like, how do you react to our warming planet? How are, how are you mm-hmm. as a business going to be resilient and being resilient involves being um, reactionary to, to uh, energy efficiency and all the other pieces, waste and water. Um, and so that, that becomes a natural driver in that space. Um, so we're, we're 
closely watching that. We are also supporting those folks in that office space in terms of our technical resources. Um, but on the financial side and building capital, it felt like multifamily is a space that one, we need a ton more housing in this country, right? So it's, it's already a space where new construction um, has to happen. And we also have a lot of buildings we need to retrofit. So right. it, it's, a, it's just a market that could really use a lot of um, construction activity um, to, to, to make those buildings uh, be more resilient. And, and there's so many, as I mentioned, like community benefits that come out of that. This is sure. where people live. This is where children grow up. This is the air that they breathe. Um, their thermal comfort, their ability to pay their utilities, um, the quality of the air, it, it's all wrapped into housing. And why we specifically chose multifamily housing is, again, going back to what I said earlier, talking to a lot of the other nonprofits, what they're working on. There was a lot of players in the single family space, and we're doing a lot of good work, like Bridging the Gap, MEC, right. some other folks are really, really doing a great job in that single family space. Um, and we really felt like, okay, how do we, and, and just because I have a background as an architect in multifamily, I, I'm familiar with that market. How can we help that particular market where you have a lot of tenants that have lived particularly in Kansas city in some pretty poor, um, environmental with environmental issues, uh, for, for decades. And how can this be a way to heal those communities, give them better energy efficiency, better living conditions, lower bills and allow them to um, mm. have a seat at the table in these conversations. Because if we're going right. to provide building owners with this level of financing, tenants should be at that conversation and that should be an opportunity yeah. for them to have a voice. Yeah. So a, yeah, a there's just of, a lot of a lot of solving more than one problem at once uh, in short. <laughs> yeah. If you focus on multifamily, you can you can affect a lot of different things beyond just uh decarbonization yeah. so yeah, yeah. And, and how do you ultimately feel Kansas City as a municipality as a community is re reacting to these challenges and, and reacting to these needs for for yeah. what you're doing like what you're yeah. trying to yeah well there's there's definitely and particularly with the climate action summit that happened back in 2019 and then all of the momentum that's built from that there's clearly an interest from our communities around climate. That is, there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. I know Councilman, Councilwoman Robinson uh, issued a uh, climate emergency resolution. You know, there's, there's definitely an urgency there. Um, but I think I go back to that 63% of our greenhouse gas emissions are buildings. And I think right. that gets lost sometimes. And I think there's a lot of conversations around transportation, around these other issues. I'm very hopeful in the transportation space. There's a lot going on there. Um, hmm. But buildings can be a little challenging. And, um, and it's just an area that hasn't been talked about a lot. So when you say, how do I feel like we're doing? I think we're doing well in the climate space. I think we need to build more awareness around buildings and the, and what hmm. needs to happen with buildings beyond just the single family level. How do we affect every building in the city? Um, yeah. So hopefully that's part of our role is like not just these kind of back end pieces around workforce and capital, but the front end being like telling people about what's happening on social media, you know, getting more awareness in our, you know, newsletters and things like that. So appearing on podcasts, appearing on podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I'm going to do James, can I do one more plug? 
Um, I was about ready to say, like, what else are you wanting people to know? Yeah. 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 So uh, last week we got our website up. Uh, Very excited about that. So um, if you, if the listeners want to go to www.be-exkc.org, we have a lot of uh, information on all the initiatives that I just spoke about. Um, We have a few resources, including technical primers for where, you know, when buildings owners say, where do I start? What are all the things I could do? This, this gives you a, a pretty exhaustive list of here's all the, anything from lighting to HVAC improvements um, to insulation, all of those things. Um, what's, that, what's that email address? What's that website address again? Sure. www.be-exkc.org. Be-exkc.org. Correct. Maybe on social media. Ashley. And social media. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we are. Thank you, James. For that. <laughs> uh, we are on LinkedIn. So um, someday maybe we'll get on to more. Oh, really? We're, we're on LinkedIn. So find Building Energy Exchange Kansas City on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, please follow us. Uh, please subscribe to our newsletter. If you go to our website, uh, you'll see it front and center. Easy to just subscribe. Quarterly newsletter not going to barrage you with email, just give you a quarterly update. Is that kind of, you're trying to reach out to professionals and like business people. That's why your focus is LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I say we're focused on multifamily and commercial buildings, it ends up being our audience ends up being that sort of more business community. Right. Um, But, you know, to the extent that as we expand, I could see us appealing to a wider audience and, Mm -hmm. and needing to connect on other social channels. Um, but that's kind of where we're starting. Right. And yeah, you know, it's really like our I'm goal. not trying to be critical. I was just <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, like LinkedIn, is, huh? it's not as cool. I wish we could say we were like on TikTok, <laughs> but we're not, we're not oh. one day. One day we'll be that cool, baby. But right uh, now we're you don't have any there. like you don't have any K-pop people like excited about this. Or anything, you know? <laughs> no. I'll have no. Philip explain that to our 10 lots of the utility executives listening to this. I'll have Philip explain what K-pop is. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so, but you also, yeah, Philip thinks that's very funny. Um, so, but you also have like the, you also have like this way for people that are wanting to like kind of become educated, like contractors and like trying to get that. You mentioned that. Let's plug that again. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. That just launched. What remind people? Yeah. About so, Rising Rising Trades Contractor Accelerator, you can find it also on our website. It redirects to our website as well, but I'll give okay. you the, the oh. web address there. It's www.risingtrades, plural s, dot org. Risingtrades.org with an s. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And are you like the only person at this organization right now? James, don't give that away. <laughs> oh no. I mean, yes, 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 yes. See, I well, see what I was hoping like people be like, this is all amazing. Yeah, doing, yeah. But you are looking, you are wanting to expand. Like if you have more opportunities. Uh-huh. I'm not right. trying to like, I'm not trying to like blow up anything here. I'm just, you know, I'm amazed <laughs> that you're doing all of this. Yeah. And I think I will say, you know, I am the one staff person for sure. Yeah. But Going back to what I said earlier, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for the fact that there were, weren't all these partners at the table. And yeah. also the number of partners that we've cultivated over the last several months has led me to believe 
I'm not interested so much in growing BX in terms of an organization and a staff. I'm interested in growing its programs substantially. And a lot of that can happen with partnerships. You know, you and I are partnered on the Energy Efficiency Fund. As I mentioned, I'm partnered with three other amazing nonprofits on the the Contractor Accelerator. So almost everything that I touch, I find somebody who's interested in working on it. And it just motivates me to say, well, I have as long as I have those great partnerships, we don't need to grow substantially yeah. though. Um, one of the, one of the, come a time. one of the people listening to this wanted to give us $10 million. You could probably find some ability to hire more staff. That's right. That's right. We would always love. If well, anyone's and listening. I think, <laughs> and I think, you know, I'll say I could, I could do a lot with a little for sure. Um, yeah. I think, but you know, what I would really like to see, I'm speaking to you funders. Um, <laughs> what I would really <laughs> like to see is funding over a long period of time. It doesn't have to be a lot, right. but it allows us to think less, you know, we're a new organization. We're one year out. So we're still thinking yeah. about surviving the next year and the next year and being mm. around. When we can get out of that space and we can start thinking about, yeah, we're set for the next few years, we mm-hmm. can kind of be fully focused on the work. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take a lot for us to, to run ourselves. It's, again, just me um, and, you know, being housed in the Mid-America Regional Council. But it, it could go a long way in getting us to, you know, really be focused more on the work and less on, you know, mm-hmm. the startup of a nonprofit, yeah. which we all know is challenging and takes a lot of time. It is uh, by. So it is not all a load of laughs. I know we make it sound fun on Renew Gurus, but uh, it's uh, it's hard work too. Yeah, um, for sure. I had to get gratuitously, and you're also like me, a KU alum. I am. I yeah. Am. Yeah. Quite a, quite a quite a national championship we had the other day, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. I'm glad we could plug that. Yes. Absolutely. I am absolutely going to plug that because I. I live in Columbia, Missouri, and oh, wow. I can't get excited. You're brave about <laughs> even even though there is a Columbia High School graduate that was on the national championship team, Daddy went to Rockbridge High School, and no yeah. one in this town talked about that. He's the first Columbia, Missouri High School graduate to be on a national championship team. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's and none amazing. of these yeah. sour pusses around here want to bring it up. <laughs> Well, I, I fully support it. I fully Oh, Philip is happy about it. Okay. <laughs> I know Philip. And, and, and Brian, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know, I know. There, there were a handful of Missouri connections on the KU team, so that was nice to see. And uh, there was, I think there was a Missouri connection on the North Carolina team, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. Yeah, St. Louis on there too. Yeah, yeah somebody yeah. said that, like, th- that some of those players had actually played each other before in high school. Oh, so, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Do you go? Yeah. Do you go to the parade this week? Ash? I do not. I yeah, do not. Either. I wish. I wish I had. Um, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I wasn't. I wasn't living in the region last time when we won. So you know. Oh no way! Yeah, I was in yeah. Springfield, Missouri. In a way, I had a I had a trial the next day, so I couldn't even like really do anything fun. I was watching. Yeah. 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 Well, we we had a planning commission meeting the next morning, and I think a few of us were a little tired after that. I was very (laughs) tired from my trial. I won, but I, I, well, we didn't really win. We, it settled like, and I was like, oh, I could have just settled this yesterday. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was 2008. And then 2012, that was like, we were in the national championship. That was an awful game. And, uh, but yeah, this was, was exciting to watch. So yeah. 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 Exciting to, you know, say it is interesting between 
KU, the Royals, the Chiefs. I mean, we are a household name at this point in Kansas City. Yeah. Like across the country, people know us because of that KC spirit of like, you know, we have yeah. people that take to the streets when we win these games. Sporting KC, I don't want to leave them out. I, I tend KC to find, Currents, it's, yeah, it's people tend to find piece. us a little bland. I love Kansas City. I mean, I lived in Lawrence for four years and my my wife, before we were married, lived in Kansas City. I, I, uh, I, I love that town. It is amazing to me that you almost, our, our last president was talking about Kansas City being in Kansas. Like he couldn't even like get that right before he tweeted it. Or um, when they announced the Kansas Jayhawks won the national championship, they called them the Kansas City Jayhawks. I don't know if oh, you've no. seen that video. No. Uh, and every time yeah. I go to a concert in Kansas City, like the person always gets to say, it's great to be in Kansas. And everyone's like, no. And then I think literally <laughs> when I saw Amy Schumer, she's like, I don't care which state you're in. <laughs> <laughs> At least she was being honest. <laughs> we, do have, we do have some branding issues there, I will say. But, uh, but it is yeah. very confusing for people uh, yeah. as you because you're just kind of used to it like Kansas yeah, City. Missouri. Yeah, and I grew I grew up in Overland Park, you know, so I was I lived on the Kansas side for half yeah. my life, uh including or more than half my life including living in Lawrence and um so yeah, now I'm a Missourian, so I kind of can see it both ways. And I know we're way over time. Something I learned last week I had no idea existed was there's like this 435 divide with all the with all the suburbs in Kansas. Oh, like if you're yeah. south of 435, you're like, you know, hot stuff. <laughs> and then, like they, those people look down on people north of four thirty-five. Is that a thing? You know, I think. It or is are you south thing. of four thirty-five, and we don't want to like bring this I, up? <laughs> I did grow up, grew up very far south. I would say I was on the edge of the city, but that edge no longer li- that edge no longer exists, right? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I did grow up that far out, um, but. <laughs> I will say our city has a big issue with that sort of, you know, north of the river, south of the river, yeah. the loop, inside of the loop. We got to get over that because you got to like, get over that. You know, like, yeah. And this is where I feel like being a regional body, we've really mm-hmm. tried to, to bridge that because that yeah. if we don't build our regional capital, you know, over the last couple of years, it's just been hard with COVID to build that social capital Mm. amongst all those different cities and all those different communities. I was at a Royals game yesterday and it was just that, that feeling of just all of the region coming together and celebrating something and being, well, we didn't really celebrate yesterday because the they lose? did not go very well. Oh, okay. Who but are they playing? Like, I don't even know who they're playing. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. And I know Philip yeah. always, I always get mad at Philip for time stamping this stuff, but when the guest does it, okay. So like baseball just started uh, opening yeah. day was last Thursday, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. And the Royals lost to Cleveland this weekend, uh, at least on the Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Very sad. Yeah, but even so, it was just that amazing feeling of all those people coming together. And it's just like, we need to get back to that and we need to get people connected so that there's a feeling like Kansas, Missouri, we're one in the same, we're working together, we're trying to build things together. Because I'll tell you, when you look at the other regions and what they're doing and how they're positioning themselves for federal dollars, they are doing that. And as long as we're not coordinated, we will not see that money. 
Yeah. Um, so we have to, we have to get our act together. On that when point. I hear people in Columbia still get mad about Kansas, I'm like, you know, like Henry Clay was in the Senate, like in the 1840s and fifties. I think we can get over this by now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what you're upset about because we don't play each other anymore. So, um, yeah, yeah. That you know, if you want to be yeah. upset about slavery still, I guess you can be. <laughs> Yeah, I, we shouldn't bring any of that up. I, I'm, I'm a <laughs> native Missourian. That. We were on the wrong side of that. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get in so much trouble now for this podcast, and I don't want Ashley, poor Ashley Sadowski, here to be blamed for that. <laughs> Ashley Sadowski <laughs> with Building Energy Exchange Kansas City, BXKC. Really, thank you for coming on. I think this was great. So, sure. Thanks, James, for having me. I appreciate you're, it. You're probably like, I wish I had never agreed to that. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first podcast. So, no. yeah, this is the maiden voyage. Of you need to fire team. your agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks, James. Ashley, thank you. And thank you all for listening. We I hope if you like what you heard, you will go check out those uh, websites and check out what is going on there. We hope uh, that you will subscribe to this on all major podcast platforms. You will leave a review because that helps us get more clout. And we hope that you will post this on your own social media. For Renew Gurus and on behalf of Renew Missouri, this has been James Owen wishing you a nice day and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>